0: What is going on, guys? It is Michael Hunter. This is the ACC basketball report. It is Sunday, February 9th, two thousand and twenty. We're almost, we're almost into the middle of February already. You know, five weeks until Selection Sunday, uh, and then it's all going to be gone until next October, November. So, um, you know, another great day of hoops in, in the ACC yesterday. Um, you know, close games, good finishes. I, I think. You know We're not seeing the, the consistency from some of the teams that we'd like to, but at the very least, the games are competitive and, and aren't blowouts, so uh, we are fortunate enough for that. Did not do well on my wagers yesterday, but um, <clears throat> I have a great show for you guys today. Uh, Louisville assistant coach and former Wake Forest head coach Dino Gaudio joined me today. Uh, I am psyched about this interview. Dino is straight class all the way just a just a tremendous guy to to kind of sit down and talk to and have a discussion about you know skip prosser to talk about louisville to talk about the state of college basketball we even talked about teddy valentine in this episode and you know i asked him specifically what kind of guy teddy valentine is is that is that persona that we all see on television is that the real ted valentine so we're going to get into that a little bit as well um Power rankings will be out later today, possibly tomorrow. Uh, so look for that, acbasketballreport.com. Any questions, comments, concerns, acc at gmail.com. And of course, follow me at Twitter at accbr one uh, A lot of new followers in the past week or so. So you know, hopefully that's that's the brand kind of expanding a little bit. I appreciate all you guys, all you all the new listeners or or followers that we have at the website. Um what else? Not a whole lot. I apologize for. <laughs> I apologize for my attitude on on Twitter yesterday. Uh, one of the uh, uh, I, I tried to pay James Zuba a compliment on Twitter, um, who does fantastic work for for Noon's Magician, and some guy apparently took it the wrong way. I had had a little bit too much fire water yesterday, and uh, you know got a little fire in the belly there, and uh, and went off the rails pretty quick yesterday evening. So. As my bad, people, you know, apology, you know, that's, you guys know the issues that I sometimes suffer from. So, um, Dino Gaudio, great guest, I would have that man on every weekend if I could, uh, just just a fantastic conversation, uh, fairly long, I guess, about 40 minutes, I believe, today. So, we got into some stuff, you know, we went down memory road a little bit, and we also talked about, uh, you know, how this Louisville team has grown since uh, some of its, uh, its rough patch late last season, so... I hope you guys enjoy. Here he is. Dino Gaudio. Ferrell turns the key, drives the lane with three on the shot clock. Doesn't get it. Five seconds to play. Down the floor. He beat the buzzer. Coach Gaudio, how are you? This is Michael Hunter good. of the ACC basketball report. Hey Michael, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Um, I you know, I appreciate I really appreciate you taking the time to join me today. Uh, that you are the uh, the first coach from the ACC that I've been able to host on the show. Well, good. Good. Happy to do it. Um, I, I guess, b- before we get into uh, what's going on this season, I kind of wanted to take a trip down memory lane a little bit. Um, you know, years ago, y- you take over after, you know, Skip Prosser's unfortunate passing. Right. Um, you, uh, you you coach at Wake Forest for three seasons. Um, you make the dance in your final two seasons, and then the school goes a different way. How, how do you graciously I- accept their decision to do that?
1: You, you know what, I, I'm, I'm always a, uh, I've always been a very, a very positive person mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and and take the best away from situations that I've been in, from being a high school coach to being an assistant at Xavier, to being, you know, the head coach at Army, the military academy. And, and I'd like to think, and I believe this, that in all those situations, I left the place a little bit better than when the when I inherited it mm-hmm. and, and so you know when that happened you know it's, it's, it's initially really hard you know I, I went into the meeting with the athletic director n- not knowing anything I mean we had just beat Texas in the NCAA tournament mm-hmm. you know we had lost the year before two players to the early NBA draft and we won 20 games I think we were 20 and 11 went to the NCAA tournament again after losing uh, Jeff Teague and James Johnson to the NBA and In the NCAA tournament beat Texas in overtime and then lost to a really good Kentucky team with yeah. with John Wall and Bledsoe and DeMarcus and in in uh, you know Patrick Patterson and those guys so I'm going into the meeting with a piece of paper trying to get raises for my assistance mm-hmm. and you know, the guy says, hey, you know, I, I, I want to go to a Final Four because what had happened was in my second year, which was 09, Carolina won a national championship. And then in 2010, Duke wins a national championship. So, you know, they think like everybody, it's that that's an easy task. But, you know, it's 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 quite the contrary. But um, but hey, I'm proud of what we did. And after you sit back and think of it, in nine years, we had 21 seniors, 21 kids graduated. Okay. The only kids that didn't graduate were Chris Paul, Jeff Teague, James Johnson, and Al Farouk were all guys that left after their sophomore year for the draft. Mm-hmm. So, um, And we had positive stuff off the court. Never, not one kid ever flunked a drug test. Not one kid you know, was arrested or a problem with the law. And the best advice I ever got when that happened, the first coach to call me was Coach Krzyzewski and and he had become and is a a close friend and it started in 1993 when i took over at army when i got the job there you know mike played there mike coached there i you know i would call and get counsel for him on recruiting and stuff and he said you know listen just just be positive thank them proud of what you did and move forward and you know michael that that's been good for me for everywhere i've been and and uh I think as the years have passed and since I've left, I think other people are now seeing, you know, the kind of job that I was lucky I had good players and good assistants that we did there. And and I'm really proud of it. And I, and I think being positive has always been good for me. And that's why I've taken that stance.
0: That's, that's fantastic. I, I want to kind of get into the Wake Forest job a little bit here in a minute. But I wanted to talk about Skip just real quick. You know, he is... You know, widely respected in the coaching fraternity. Uh, you know, media. Everybody seemed to love Skip Prosser. I, is there any specific way or any multiple ways that he has kind of impacted who you are as a person, as, as well as your coaching method on on the sidelines? Yeah, I, I'm telling you. You know, outside of my
1: parents, there's nobody had a bigger impact on my personal and professional life than. Skip Prosser, and, and and the reason I say that is, you know, I, I, I graduated with an accounting degree and worked for a year as an accountant when I first got out of college, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I, I, I didn't like the job, and I wanted to coach, and I wanted to teach, so, you know, I went back and got my education degree, and lo and behold, I'm 23 years old, and I'm a I got an assistant coaching job at this little Catholic school in Wheeling, West by God, Virginia, <laughs> Wheeling Central. And Skip was the head coach, and I really never knew Skip. So I, I was 23 years old, and he was the head coach at the high school, and there were just two of us. I was the JV coach, and he taught me so much about teaching and what makes a good teacher and and, and what it meant to be uh, uh, impactful in the classroom and so many of those things. I, like I said, I, w- I was really, you know, he molded me at, at a young age. And then, you know, we were best friends for 27 years. He was godfather to my youngest daughter. I was best man in his wedding. And we worked together on and off for 27 years. And it, it, it he impacted me in so many ways. And, and I'll never forget, you know, he said, what makes a good coach is the same thing that makes a good teacher. Like knowledge of your subject matter. Which is good. You know, we've all had teachers that were really, really bright and, you know, in college I had guys that wrote the textbook. But the, the other thing that's most important, he said, was, was the ability to impart that knowledge to your students or the ability to impart that knowledge to your players. So, you know, I, I really learned from him and how he, you know, taught and what kind of teacher he was. And, you know, we learned early, like, you know, we were in a Catholic school. There was, there, was, there was no poor language when you were dealing with these kids. You didn't have to curse at kids to get them to play hard. And you know what, Michael, in, in the places that I worked with him and for him, and he never swore. He, 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 you know, he was hard on those kids. He was demanding on those kids. But they respected him. And he just had a way about him that, like, and this is rare. The kids played hard for him because they didn't want to let him down. And that that was so, so important. And, you know, when he passed, you know, ACC coaches cried. And the people that worked in the cafeteria at Xavier and the people that were the groundskeepers at Wake Forest, you know, just the common folk on campus, they cried too because he treated everybody the same. And, and, you know, I told his son, I said, you know what, Mark, i know your dad for 27 years. I never met a better man. So he, he was, he was important to
0: all of us. What, uh, I'm, I'm sure there was some, but how much, uh, you know, additional pressure did you place on yourself when you took over a program that was previously under the regime of a man like that?
1: It, it, it was it was challenging. It was challenging because, um, you know, when we first got there, like when, when Coach passed away on, on July 26th of 2007, Jeff Teague and James Johnson were on campus mm-hmm. as freshmen in summer school. Now, they didn't have to stay, you know, because the, the fall semester hadn't begun. We had gotten commitments from two really, really good players, Al Farouk Aminu and Tony Woods and of course they were just verbal commitments So we had to keep the kids that were on summer school there and keep them together And then re recruit the three kids that had committed to us verbally and, and all dealing with his passing and a funeral service in Winston-Salem and then they brought it brought it back and had another service on the campus at Xavier so it was incredibly it was incredibly challenging but but the assistants and everybody we, we bonded we somehow got the kids to believe that it was you know we were going to make this work for us so tegan johnson stayed and a kid named gary clark that was a freshman there did as well we were able to re-recruit you know al Faruq aminu and tony Woods and 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 ty and those guys and you know, you know how crazy this business is, I'll never forget this. Seth Greenberg was in Orlando, and the AAU National Tournament was in Orlando at the time. And Skip passed away on a Thursday. And the Georgia Stars, who Alfred Camino and Tony Woods played for, were still playing in Orlando, Florida. And Greenberg calls me, and Seth says, Dino, this business, there are some sick people in it. He goes, oh, no. you know, Skip passed away on Thursday. And those kids that committed to us were playing on friday and he goes there were about seven college coaches there watching those kids play thinking and hoping they would decommit from from wake force and they could recruit them the day after skip prosser passed away wow and and you know i never forgot that and that's somewhat the callousness of the business but uh and, you know, it was really hard for me the first time it happened. Like, in the pregame, like you'll see at the Yum, you know, they put the old players up there. Well, they put Muggsy Bogues up there and Tim Duncan and Chris Paul. And the last picture they would put up there would be skips. And the place would just go wild.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, the first time they did that, I was sort of... T- I mean, I had tears in my eyes. Sure. Like, I, I, it was hard to go in a huddle and talk to those kids. So, it was, it was really challenging emotionally in that respect
0: so after after you leave wake forest um you you move into the studio become part of the media for you know the better part of a decade um i I have to believe that there were opportunities for you um but you you didn't leave until chris mack takes the louisville job did you just enjoy working in the studio and, and preferred to do that as opposed to coaching during that time you know what? I enjoyed it. I
1: really did. It was, it was, it was so, I bet I saw a hundred practices over the eight years that I worked with ESPN and, and, you know, going out and seeing how other coaches did things. And that part of it was really neat. And I, and I did have opportunities. I had opportunities to be a head coach at different places and, and be an assistant, but it had to be at the right place and with the right person you know you know <laughs> it's funny and i won't mention a name the one guy called me and goes, hey i'd love to have you come work with us you know I, I can pay you well and this is the thing and and he says to me he goes you know you know this business is a tough business he goes and uh you know are you able at times to maybe look the other way <laughs> and i went and i said no i'm not your guy for the job you know what <laughs> i mean like He's telling me, like, hey, we might do things a little shady here. Can you, can you look the other <laughs> way? No, no, I can't. So it, it had to be with the right guy and the right person. And, uh, and, and you know, when, when it, Chris and I talked, when this opportunity presented itself, it was like, hey, I'm being with somebody that I know. Is going to do it the right way mm-hmm. i think we have mutual respect for one another and i got michael i got like one more run in me you know what I mean? i'm getting up there in age so i'm like hey you can win and i don't know if we ever will you can win a national championship at louisville you can go to the final four so that's what made it so appealing for me to come back you know to be on the sidelines again working with somebody that i have great respect for and, and, and uh, we've, we've worked together before and at a place where basketball is important and you have a chance to do great things. And uh, that, that's what made it so enticing. And, you know, I'm really happy with the decision that I made.
0: What, uh, what's it like working with a, a young up-and-coming coach like Luke Murray, who, whose father is, you know, a, a superstar in, in Bill Murray, um, Luke is, is killing it on the recruiting trail um, by all aspects and accounts. Seems to be a really good young coach. What's uh, what's it like having Luke on staff as well as his father be around the program?
1: Yeah, you know what? Like, like Luke really tries hard to, like, and he's done a great job of it, make a name for himself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, he, he never mentions his dad. He never, he never, you know, talks of, you know, I, I think he's his own man and he wants to be he wants to be that now when his dad comes and i'll share a funny story with you when his dad comes we all sort of embrace him and know who he was but i'm gonna tell you something luke murray is as good a young coach as there is in a country he's a terrific recruiter he has a great presence on the practice floor the kids respect him. he's going to be a terrific head coach and the other one down the other end mike Pagese. Mm-hmm. i'm telling you he's a rising star he 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 works with our big guys. You know, a lot of people might not know. Mike scored two thousand over two thousand points at Delaware. at Delaware. Mike Bray was his head coach. He he's another terrific, terrific young coach. And don't be surprised in the next year or two; those guys are running their own programs somewhere. But you know, I'm blessed, and and, and I think Chris Mack would say the same thing. We we got two terrific young coaches. They're going to be terrific head coaches one day both have their own style and both have their uh uh their recruiting bases and stuff and you know it's really good for me michael from being out for so many years Mm -hmm. like i defer to those two guys when it comes to recruiting like my first year and you know i got my feet under me now like you guys tell me where to go and who i need to see you know what i mean (laughs) because i I was doing the college game when i was an analyst for espn and i worked some camps in the summer and 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 made contacts with some of the coaches and but i i had been out for eight years but uh no those those guys are wonderful wonderful to work with
0: yeah i I remember piggies um when i was when i was a a college student i went to uh, the university of maine initially and uh, he used to light up Maine when he was at, when he was at Delaware. So yeah. I'm, I'm familiar with his work for sure.
1: Um, he, he, you know. He's 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 really good. And then let me get this in real quick. Like Bill comes, Luke's dad comes to practice one day, and know I'm on the baseline and we're coaching. He comes by and he gets this little white box. So we're practicing. He comes by. He goes, you uh, know. I go, yeah, Bill. He goes, you want a piece of fudge? I go, no, coach. I go, no, Bill, I'm fine. He goes, no, no, no. He goes, you got to get it. He goes, I got got this up in New York. It's really good. I go, no, Bill, I'm good. He goes, I'm not leaving till you eat it. Like practice is going on. He's on the baseline. I go, okay, hurry up. Give it to me before Max sees. But uh, he's great to be around and stuff. And uh, when he comes, you know, it's uh, the kids, the kids enjoy him. As 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 you know and everybody know, wonderful personality, but yeah, uh, sure.
0: a really good man. Um, moving into uh, this season at Louisville, um, you guys pick up, you know, a big win yesterday against Virginia. A um, little bit of drama at the end, but uh, your guys stepped up. That rivalry in the past couple of years has has kind of been underrated, I think, by some fans. It always seems to be dramatic. Always seems to come down to the wire. As a part of that rivalry, what is what is the week of you know you guys playing Virginia? Is there any additional preparation? Is it is it crazier in the auditorium? What what's that rivalry like for you guys? Well, you know what? Before we got here,
1: like it, it you know, I, I didn't realize like you know where where it was that Virginia had beaten us nine straight times, mm-hmm. and Virginia six and one at the Yum. When you look at you know what they did in the regionals last year. Uh, you know beating Purdue in the regional final and like I, I, I really never you know felt that Until like last year and then moving into this game, you know what I mean? But it really doesn't change for us, you know because you know, we only had a two-day preparation for mm-hmm. these guys mm-hmm. so um, um, you know day one day one on thursday after playing wednesday night day one on thursday you you know what michael there wasn't a lot we can do you know what i mean so so we went we we went we went like live for maybe 40 minutes and you know jordan was grabbing his knee a little bit and malik was like you know hobbling a little bit his ankle was bothering him at the time so so we only went about an hour uh the day after the wake forest game because you know the game's at nine Mm -hmm. on wednesday night it's over at 11 by time you know, I got home. It was midnight. Sure. Then we flip around. And, and then, you know, the day before, we went about an hour and 15 minutes and just tried to cover the basics of their block mover offense, their flow low that they like to run. And then, you know, we talked about and showed a lot of film on how we want to score against them because, you know, that's the biggest challenge. But uh, it has. And you know what? Y- you sense that it, it, as the game came down to the end yesterday, like how the Louisville fans, sure. you know, felt about the game and 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 how important it was to him, to them. When you look back at what's happened over the latter few years, but it has become a, a, a great a, a great rival and a in, in a big time atmosphere in both arenas.
0: How uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm interested to get into the schedule a little bit. I am very outspoken against some of the scheduling practices in these conferences. The ACC has gotten away from the the Saturday, Monday, Sunday, Tuesday type turnarounds, but you're seeing it a lot in the Big 12 this year specifically. Um, you know, some games are tipping. You know, about 50 hours after their previous game over the weekend. What what, what impact does that have on you as coaches, as well as your players, in regards to health, uh, quality of play, travel, things like that? How does that impact you guys?
1: Well, it, it does. You gotta be smart. Like there's nothing more important in our game than when you're dealing with young people like fresh minds and fresh legs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That that's the challenge. Like there's so many things we wanted to cover for Virginia. You know, we could practice for two and a half hours and as coaches you can say, Hey, I feel good because I covered and I checked all the the boxes mm-hmm. but what does that do for your kids like where are they mentally and where are they most importantly physically like they got to have fresh legs to play the game so that that's a delicate balancing act and as we all know tv and money rules the world sure. like like these games at nine o'clock like you know last week you know we tipped off at, at boston college at nine the game's over 11 11 10 you know, kids shower, and in Chris does media, and we get to the airport at a little after midnight, and uh, we got food on the bus for him. We get on the plane. We landed at Louisville at three ten a.m. You know, by the time I got home, and I'm sure the kids too, it's 20 to four. I fell asleep at four thirty. And got up at seven thirty and got in the office and got ready. And those kids, are, for us, that's that's our job. Sure. For those kids, you got to find a way to keep them fresh. And I, there's no question. It impacts the play. It impacts like, you know, where they are mentally. You know, Michael, like emotions drain energy. Sure. Like whether they're good emotions or bad. Like like when. You know, we beat Duke at Cameron. And those are those are great emotions, but I'm telling you, it, it drains you. Sure. When we lost to Duke last year, you know, and th- th- those negative emotions drain sure. you. So somehow you have to try to keep those kids fresh, upbeat, mentally ready for the next challenge. And uh, there's no question; there's late starts and quick turnarounds. And you know, we're going to have one here in it pr- pretty soon too because we got Carolina on a Saturday. And I don't even know what time the game is. Like last week, they didn't have it, whether it was 6 o'clock or 8 o'clock. And then we're going to fly to Tallahassee Sunday and play Florida State Monday night. So that, that's that's going to be difficult.
0: Um, uh, you know, you bring up the Duke game from last year. Um, you guys kind of unexpected success early on last season. I think one of the more uh, unexpected teams to, to come up in the first few months of the season then you guys hit that juggernaut, you know, a tough loss at Duke, 23 points, 10 minutes. We all know the story. Yep. Um, you know, you guys then drop a close game to Clemson and kind of struggle the rest of the season and are, and are outed in the first round of the tournament. What did that experience, how has that experience impacted this year's team and, and how have you guys grown?
1: You know we we talked a lot about you know sort of the 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 motto for the season and it's it's, it's finished like finish games mm-hmm. you know what i mean we didn't we didn't do that last year you know we, we were up big against duke and and we let it slip through our fingers and we were up in tallahassee uh against florida state and we we didn't finish the game and and that's sort of been everything we've done from preseason practices talking about finishing the practice finishing the drill and it's been good for us like like you know we were down at with what five minutes to go give or take a, a few at notre dame and came back and won mm-hmm. the game you know what i mean and we've had games like that where you know just you know last night you know we're up 14 at half and and, and, and all of a sudden they come back and virginia takes the league yeah. i don't think last year's team because of where we were mentally is going to win that game yesterday or maybe win the game in south bend but we, we've been able to, like, you know, be mentally stronger, starting to finish things, embracing that that motto, if you will. And it's, it's been good for us. And, hey, another year's experience with us and our staff has sure. been good, and I think that's worked well for, for all
0: concerned. Uh, you know, getting into your roster a little bit, Jordan Wara is, is a favorite player of mine. I, I loved him in high school. Um, I loved him, you know, back when he – played with uh, with Jose uh, before Jose came to, to Tech. I thought we had a shot with Jordan. In, in two years, he's kind of gone from a 6.11-minute-per-game freshman to an All-American candidate, you know, a wooden award candidate. What's been the biggest area of growth for Jordan?
1: You know, I, I think with Jordan, we all know this. You know, he, he's an elite one-on-one college player from an offensive perspective that but, but would – You know i talked to him about and coach mack talked to him about you you just can't play this game with your body like you got to play the game with your mind as well and he's becoming more complete player i think because of that like we do a drill called one-on-one challenge in practice and we try to match up guys that are going to be competitive with one another we a lot of times we put him with sam and sam williamson is going to be a terrific Mm talent down the road and, and and honest to goodness before the game yesterday I, I I put those clips on a on on a computer and I pulled him in the coaches lounge and I go, Listen, look look at these clips with you playing Sam one on one. Like when when you catch and make a straight-line drive, Jordan, you're tough to guard. But when you play with the ball here and jab and, and swing it here, and I go, look, Sam gets a piece of it and gets a hand on your mm-hmm. ball. I go, now, w- when Diakite's guarding you today, it's going to be the same thing. D- sure. Don't play with it. Make a quick decision. Decide what you're going to do. You're going to pull up. You're going to shoot the three right off the catch, or you're going to straight-line drive. So getting him to understand and think the game is 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 so very important and i'm going to tell you something else he's become a pretty good on ball one-on-one defender he's still got to get better off the ball like Mm -hmm. like great defenders michael understand how to close the distance most efficiently between them in the offensive player. And he's learned that. He, he's learned to, to do that. You know, the, the the great defensive backs in the NFL, that's why those guys are so valuable, the Jalen Ramseys and those guys, because to put guys on an island one-on-one and play defensively like those, those, those defensive backs that are elite in the NFL. And I think he's starting to understand how that is important to him at the next level. You know, he was in my office a year ago, and I got this... Whiteboard. Right it's it it closes behind this panel, and I go Jordan, like you could really. I think you could play. I, I've coached twenty guys that played in the NBA. I go, you could play at the next level from an offensive perspective. I go, but your defense has to get better. Sure. I go, let me ask you, son. Where do you think you'll play at the next level, position wise? Yeah, maybe small forward. And I knew he would say that. <laughs> so I walked over to the board and I opened the doors, and I had the twenty, the top twenty small forwards. In the nba listed there and i looked at him and i pointed and i said do you think you can guard him what about him and lebron was in there i put as a small for you or him or him and he's just looking at them guys i go son you are who you can guard Uh like if you want to play at the next level and you have a chance you're going to guard those guys right there so you know what you better guard those guys in practice. You better guard Dwayne Sutton in practice. You better guard Sam Williamson in practice. You better guard, you know, Key when we play Virginia. So, I, and I think he's understanding and he, he's become better at that.
0: I uh, I spoke to Mike Rutherford of Card Chronicle um, and SB Nation before the season. Um, you guys had lost uh, David Johnson to a shoulder injury um, at, at the very beginning of the year. And, he, and Mike told me at the time, watch out for this kid. He is a really good player. And, you know, it took a little bit of time. He wasn't, you know, not everybody can beat RJ Barrett, but, you know, you get his feet under him a little bit. And over the past few weeks, he's kind of emerged as another star for you guys and kind of, you know, made you guys into a legitimate national title contender, I believe. Uh, you know, how has his, has development impacted your team on the floor and off the floor? He, he, he
1: he's been, he, he's been outstanding. Like he's a, big point guard that can really see the floor. And, and and what what makes what makes those point guards what makes those point guards special, you know, and I coached Chris Paul and I've coached Jeff Teague and I coached Ish Smith, who's with the Wizards right now. Like the great point guards do what the game tells them to do. They don't make their mind up ahead of time. And he has tremendous court vision and he's one of those He's one of those guys that does what the game tells him to do. If he comes off the ball screen and he's supposed to shoot, he shoots. If he's supposed to hit the roll, he hits the roll. And because Virginia was so good at covering the roll and help defenders from the baseline, he made several terrific passes off of ball screens to the corner, the opposite corner. And and I'm telling you, it was on target, it was on time. One time, he drove down the lane, and Sam Williamson cut back door, and he makes the right play. And at six five, having a point guard at that size with that vision and and with his decision making, it does make us it does make us better uh, at that. Now, some other times, Michael, he he he's challenged to guard the smaller guard. Mm-hmm. He's challenged mm-hmm. to guard. Uh, uh, you know, little fella Clark yesterday, sure. and, and he's challenged to guard uh, th- th- those little guards like that, like Alvarado at Georgia Tech, and that's one thing that he has to get better
0: at. I am sometimes overly critical um, uh, of both officials as well as the, the use of the monitor in today's game, I think, that is kind of being used as a crutch. What Is, is there a rule change that you... Think specifically could could improve the the quality of the college basketball game.
1: You, you know what? For for me, I, I don't know if there's one thing that just jumps out at me. I I think one thing that would help us, and when 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 I was still at ESPN, and I actually did two NIT games the year before I came here for for with Louisville at, at the Yum, like we experimented with the quarters, and I love that, mm-hmm. and, and and it makes the game faster. And what I mean by faster, the length of time, like. You know, at the start of the second quarter, the one-on-one goes back to zero. And you're playing at, at, you know, we played NC State with 11-plus minutes to go in the, in the first half. They're in the bonus. Yeah. yeah.
0: And,
1: you know I was talking to Jeff Walls, our ladies coach, who's, who's, who's a dear friend, and we get along. She just just great. And he goes, man, it's been great for our our, our game. because he hey, heck, some of our games are an hour and 15, hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. He goes, the game's faster. It's better. And, and I also am an advocate of advancing the ball like they do in the NBA because I think it would give us more strategy more more uh, uh, Time and score situations at the end, but uh, you know what we, we got and sometimes they drive us nuts we got the best officials in the country in the ACC and uh, You know, when I was at ESPN, I got to be friends with so many of those guys, you know what I mean? From Jamie Lucky, and I kid people all the time, like when Teddy does our games. First technical I ever got as a (laughs) JV coach in Wheeling, West Virginia, was by Teddy Valentine. Teddy was the baseball coach at John Marshall High School, and I was getting in arguments and fights with him. Then now, we've become really close, so... I think we got terrific officials, and it's just a hard game to officiate with the size and speed of these guys. It's 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 difficult.
0: Okay, I, I gotta ask because I am uh, sometimes again overly critical uh, of Ted. I, I don't know the man. He has a certain persona and presence on the basketball yep. court. Is, is that who he is, or is he a guy that? Maybe like the legend has kind of taken over who he really is. What is, what is Ted Valentine like? I, sitting I, I think this.
1: I think he is a, and he always grades out as such. He is a terrific play caller. Mm. Terrific. And, and I'll say this, Michael. Like when I was a first year head coach in the ACC and we went to Maryland and played Maryland, he didn't care if Gary Williams was on the sideline <laughs> That's right. or Dino Gaudio was on the sideline. Hey, I'm telling you, you want Ted Valentine on the road. Like like when I was sitting there and, and Mike was down the other end at Cameron, I, I want Teddy on that game because he hasn't taken anything from Mike and he's not taking anything for. But there's some guys that like you know Mike can intimidate a little bit, sure. Roy can intimidate a little bit. Gary, Teddy Valentine isn't one of them guys. <laughs> like I kid people all the time. Like Coach K and I love him. He he's smart. When Coach K squats down on, near the floor, and he he squats down. Yep. That's when he is ripping those officials up one side and down the other. I'd be standing there, and I'm looking down at him, and he is crushing those guys. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Well, you know, what Gary Williams, on the other hand, would used to do. You know, Gary would have his jacket up around his shoulders, and he'd be <laughs> screaming right. and flailing. And uh, uh, but, but Coach K's smart. He, he doesn't try to show him up. But when he's squatting down, he's ripping those guys up one side and down the other. But, uh, but Ted is a really good play caller. I think you you want him on the road. He's not going to be intimidated by anybody. And there's no question he he wants people to know he's doing the game. But I'll tell you what, man, I'd rather have him on my game because of the way he calls the plays. He calls the right, makes the right calls. And I think you deal sometimes with, you know, the, the, the theatrics. But I love him when he's on our games.
0: Uh, last question. I'll let you get out of here and get on with your Sunday. Um, one of my uh, contributors at ACC Basketball Report uh, wanted me to uh, to ask you. You know, he told me that you have two daughters that are both attorneys. Um, <laughs> he wanted to know. He wanted me to ask you. When was the last time that you remember winning an argument in your own home? Never. I have never <laughs> won
1: an argument in my own. And then the three women, you know, gang up on me but uh, you know thank god they're smart they took after their mother but uh my oldest daughter's an attorney in charlotte and uh, uh her husband is as well and um, uh she went to elon law school and then my 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 youngest daughter god bless her i'm bragging a little bit as a father now sure. she went to virginia law and i think you know my uva law might be like the, the eighth best law school in the country and she's an attorney in new york now with a really big firm out there called scadden so, uh, yeah, you know, what's hard is they're all smarter than me. So then <laughs> that, that, that puts me behind the eight ball already. But, uh, uh, you know, really proud of them. And uh, uh, like I said, my wife's a, a basketball lifer. I went to Cincinnati to see a kid play last week. I can't say his name. Sure. And I was getting ready for, uh, I forget what scout it was. I go, listen, I, I got to watch tape. So she drove me to the game, the high school game. I'm watching film in the car, the hour and a half drive up. She sits there, watches the high school game with me. We get back in the car; she drives back so I could finish the game, the second half. But uh, you got to have a good woman in this business because it's a it's it's a hard job and it's time consuming.
0: Absolutely, coach. I uh, I appreciate you taking the time to join me on a Sunday morning, and uh, good luck to you guys the rest of the way. I'll be reading, uh, rooting for you.
1: Thanks, Michael. I appreciate it. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye.
0: That was Louisville assistant coach and former Wake Forest head coach Dino Gaudio joining me on the ACC basketball report. Again, I can't say enough. Just just a fantastic individual, a great guy, positive guy, uh, and straight class. So uh, best of luck to Louisville the rest of the season. As you guys know, they were my preseason pick to win the national championship. I'm not sure they're quite there yet, but I think they are definitely in the conversation. And, uh, you know, I'd love to have Coach Gaudio back, you know, as soon as he's willing. So uh, don't forget, like, rate, review, share the podcast, leave a five-star review, Uh, words of encouragement, or maybe even criticisms on Apple Podcasts and Spotify uh, visit ACC later today, or maybe tomorrow for the power rankings. Um, we'll see how we can tighten that up a little bit. I think yesterday we, we may have learned some things and, and maybe this is, is starting to level out. I don't believe that Virginia will fall after, after losing, uh, at Louisville. Um, but you know, well, I'll have to evaluate and we'll, we'll see how it goes. But, uh, Anyway, I'll see you guys next week. I don't have a guest lined up currently. It may just be me, and we'll see how it goes. If I uh, if I come across anybody willing to uh, to spare the time on a Sunday morning, I will definitely let you guys know later.